Welcome to Breaking Through Biz, the podcast where we talk about things that are keeping small business owners from getting traction and what they can do about it. I'm your host, Tabitha Shiver, and I have with us today as my guest, Ola Ayeni, the founder of Claim Academy, which is an accelerated skills-based coding and cybersecurity bootcamp committed to changing people's lives by getting its graduates meaningful employment in technology development roles. Ola is not only a serial entrepreneur and business owner, he's also on a number of boards, including uh, the St. Louis Promise Zone Workforce Board, the Network for Teaching Entrepreneurship, and Design St. Louis, as nominated by the mayor. And he's on the Greater St. Louis Inc. Board. And so uh, really excited to have you here with us today, Ola. You Thank know. You. I know that this is not your first business, so Claim is not your first business. And um, one of the things you have shared with me is that that business was kind of hard to scale. And so it sounds like you've been through some growing pains, which is the title of this podcast. Um, Would you just share with us, you know, what that first business was, what you learned from that experience? What were some of the growing pains that you had? Well, thank you. And uh, thank you for having me. So the first business I started was called Dining Dialogue, and um, it was an agency. We were doing very well. We grew to a million dollars. But one of the things I quickly realized over three, four years was that it is difficult to manage and to scale a service business, which is an agency. Mm-hmm. And that discovery led me to start thinking about pivoting into turning that business at a point into a product business. So we morphed it into what we call Eateria. And Eateria was a product. Um, Eateria was something that was just technology. Um, The initial business, Dining Dialogue, was a marketing agency for restaurants and um, bars. And we pivoted into Eateria, which is an all-in-one marketing tool for restaurants. Um, Quickly also, um, from that first business, learning that software is the way to go, we begin to grow very fast, the Eateria. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, I moved from Chicago back in 2013 to St. Louis. And when I moved here, um, we were told there are so many software developers. So I closed shop. Uh, when I what I mean by a closed shop is I have developers who were in Germany and also in India who did the work for us in Ruby on Rails. Okay. And so we were told there are a lot of developers here in St. Louis that we can easily find. So I'm like, yeah. So we closed shop with them. We moved here, and the biggest struggle we had we couldn't find software developers. Mm. Um, so in 2014, um, Iteria was the second fastest growing startup in St. Louis. We blew all the numbers, but we needed to change the software that we're using that we built in Ruby on Rails to something more stronger that can take more processes. Mm -hmm. And we got stuck because we couldn't find developers. So while I was going through that difficult time that we couldn't scale uh, because we couldn't find developers, I began to ask around what was the major problem uh, small businesses and startup companies and even large companies were having here in St. Louis in dealing with the issue of software development. And many of them say they just find things out overseas. Many times the quality is not as exciting. Language barrier was another thing. So I said, well, 
maybe I can fix this problem. Mm-hmm. And because of the problem that we had with Eateria, I started another company called Claim Academy. And I was running both of them at the same time. Um, the Eateria was growing up to today. We still, they still have clients. But then I realized that is that I commit more time towards Claim Academy, which is the software programming bootcamp, or I commit more time to Eateria. Um, so I started learning that. The same effort of what I put in, I noticed that I get bigger gratification from the Claim Academy with its mission to change lives. Mm-hmm. Um, the use of my time was much valuable because it's actually transitioning someone's life. You could see it really physically. That was very exciting to me than, you know, working with restaurants that many of them don't even want to pay. So, <laughs> so, so, so that really, um, in, in my journey, I've learned to, when you face obstacles, to always find a solution out of it and pivot and keep going. Yeah, absolutely. And so with Claim Academy, obviously an awesome mission. Um, Do you find that having that mission that's so near and dear to your heart has helped with the growing pains of like finding talent and things along those lines? I think it does to an extent. For me as a person, I'm fanatical about the mission to help someone Mm -hmm. Um, because I believe we're not going to be measured by the kind of house we live in, the car we drive, the watch we have. It is what we're measured is how we actually change someone's life. Mm-hmm. And that is something that is found in the Word of God, right? Uh, so with that mission, I am very fanatical about helping someone. Uh, when you talk to people during the process of interviewing and they like the mission, but when it really comes to have this servant heart to help others, that is where I notice a lot of people fall short. Because if you say you want to help someone, you really have to be committed uh, above and beyond in throwing yourself in with all your heart, with all your mind, all your mind. The Bible tells us whatever you do it, do it with all your heart, right? Mm-hmm. So if you want to serve God, taking that foundational truth of God's word. If you want to serve people, you know, these are God's people. And when you put your effort and time into it to serve, you are actually serving God. Mm -hmm. Um, So when you are interviewing people that really their perception of service is very limited, it's not grounded like you are, in many cases, um, there's a disconnect. And I think that is what I have seen a lot of where they say they like the mission, and then you give them the responsibilities, and people try to change the responsibility to the mission, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So those are the things that we experience. So is that a, did you see that in both businesses? Like, is that a growing pain that you experienced in, in all of your ex- business experience, or do you think that's more with the mission's focus? That is more with the mission focus. The first business, we didn't have that issue. You know, we had people, we grew it. It was a lot of fun. Second business, also, we didn't have that problem. In fact, I have people today that during that second business, or even the first business, um, one gentleman that still works for me up to today, mm-hmm. you know, 11 years. Mm-hmm. The guy still works for me. Uh, I have some, if I just pick up the phone in Chicago and say, hey, I need you to do this and this and this, I would just say, hey, hola, <laughs> sure. So I didn't see that as a problem. But in this mission mindset, that is where I see 
people fall short. They want the, they like the mission, but they don't want to put in the effort to help do the work to make it for another person. All right, gotcha. What other kind of growing pains have you had? Uh, it can be across any of the businesses. What do you see as common challenges when you're a business owner, when you're a leader, when you're an entrepreneur? You know, time and time again, you keep running into these sorts of growing pains. What What are those growing pains for you most of the time? I think the number one growing pain that I can speak to is with people. Mm-hmm. I'm one type of a person, I don't want to hurt people's feelings. Mm-hmm. I try... When people are falling short in many areas, I try to come and save them and help them out. I don't want to say, oh, you're doing bad when you are when you are terrible, to say you are terrible. <laughs> but to just say, okay, well, you could do this better in this way. Mm-hmm. Trying to walk the fine line of helping and not bringing somebody down. But I also realize, because I do that sometimes, it comes across to people, some people feel that they are doing so well when they are not. Mm-hmm. And so when you now say, okay, tough love, you got to now change and then people get upset, mm-hmm. you know. So I think the overall, especially nowadays now that there's, we have a change in the environment where the employees are the one you, who are now determining how organizations really perform in terms of what they want. Mm-hmm. So people are now, the people you hire the one designing the kind of work they want to do, mm-hmm. how they want to do it, mm-hmm. when they want to do it. So the company is now in a difficult situation whereby you want to find a balance of, we still have to serve our customers. If somebody say they're not coming to work and they want to work from home, but the customers come to the office, what do we do? Yeah. That's not the right fit. Yep. Yep. Right. So it's not it's not just about finding the right people, but making sure they have the right seats and what their skill sets are that they have also aligns with what the business's needs are. And so, yeah, I can definitely see how that can be challenging for you. That is the challenging part now is the right people in the right seat with the right capacity. Do they have capacity to do the work? Again, it goes back to, you know, we're very we are people focused. We're about changing people's life. And I always tell people that if you are a person that if your brother took a loan, school loan, tuition to come to an organization like ours and he resigned his job full time, Mm -hmm. do you give him 30% or you give him 120%? Oh, yeah, 120%. And people will say they will keep quiet. Mm -hmm. And when they keep quiet, many times what he tells me is that they are not sold on 120%. Mm-hmm. They are sold on 30 because they are looking for what's the least amount of what I have to do mm-hmm. and go home. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, the, the, that's, the mindset is a big issue now. Great. So what kind of things have you seen or tried or put in place to kind of help you get through some of these growth barriers? Um, one of the things that we've done, uh, which is paying off for us, and I'm very thankful for it, is... First, we started looking at identifying and reorganizing the job description and how we interview people. We talked about that. But also, what are the roles that need to be filled, right? Mm-hmm. And before, sometime we will look at the person in the organization and say, well, this is what they like to do, so we just create roles for them, even though they are really not, maybe they have 30% capacity in there. Mm-hmm. So now I say, okay, well, we need someone who has this much capacity, 
this experience, these rules. And we're not ashamed to say this will not work out for mm -hmm. someone mm -hmm. because, you know, we still have people we have to serve, right? Um, we'll bring on someone and we'll tell them these are the three things we want you to do. And we're trying to measure them after those three things. So we implemented what they call the EOS system. Mm -hmm. That system has been really good in terms of, A, it makes people accountable. Now, people who do not like to be accountable, they're not going to last long. <laughs> yes. So the EOS system has a tracking where every week we talk about issues, we talk about um, items that we need, things that we need to do, to do, and we put people's name on it. Mm -hmm. And so people are measured on, okay, they are tracking, they're on track or not, or they've completed something, including myself. I have to be the top example, so I work hard to make sure my stuff is completed because I don't want I don't want to be the one. I, or even though I'm helping everybody in so many different roles, um, so those things have helped us. But what I learned from that um, is that there are certain people, no matter what, they're just not going to perform. Because, not the organization. It's their skill set. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I always say people rise up to the level of their competence. Mm -hmm. Anything beyond that, some people are willing to go further, you know, and say, okay, I'm going to take on more responsibility. I'm going to learn new things. I'm going to. Some people, they just pivot and say, that's all I want to do. Mm -hmm. Anything more than that, and it's okay. You yeah. can go. I look for the right person. So uh, we're trying to also, second thing we're trying to do is that we know we have roles but to really go deeper in our interviewing process, mm -hmm. you know, to do assessment tests. We are even looking now at doing, really, if somebody say I'm an accountant, okay, well, get into QuickBooks. We want to see all the QuickBooks tests we can find. Let them take that. Mm -hmm. Because then we can say, okay, they are measured on 50%, 80%. Then we feel more comfortable than somebody say, I can do it. Then we put them in there. And they find out they can't do it or make a mess. And then they run after that. Yeah. <laughs> Not uncommon, for sure. So back to this EOS thing, because, you know, I'm an EOS implementer. Love it. Um, I've been working with you guys for a while now. Will you talk to me a little bit about what your thought process was actually prior to putting EOS in? And, and the reason I'm asking is, you know, if we have a business owner here who's listening, perhaps, that that is like, I keep hearing about this thing, but I don't know if it's for me. Like, what was that process like for you in thinking about what do you really need? Um, whether that was the right system for you? Like, kind of what had led up to knowing that you needed something? And then how did you pick that that was the right system for you? So we've been, so that's a great question. We've been using EOS implemented by ourselves over the years. Mm -hmm. I Somebody gave me the book as a gift, mm -hmm. I read it, and I go, oh, wow, I like this. So I started implementing it uh, far back, I think, 2018, 19, and we're not using it optimally the way it needs to be used. Um, we're doing our best. We're doing different things within the EOS model. But we know that a few years ago, our theme is to go from success to significance. And I knew that we cannot really do those things without finding someone who understands this EOS system better, who can lead us. I also know that I need someone who understands operations very well, that can say, okay, well, um, somebody I can really say, okay, these are the things that we need. This is where we need to go. 
can you help us? Mm -hmm. We know this system works. People have swore by it. This person is an expert in this. They go well. And for me to just say, okay, I'm just going to trust that person to lead us. Mm -hmm. And I tell you, we went to a reorg. We reorganized. I'm feeling very good about where we are. <laughs> I'm very good because I can just see the organization going from, uh, I call it, I always use the word zero to hero, right? Mm -hmm. From where we are before to where we're going to be. And having the right foundation, you know, uh, the Bible says, um, if the foundation be destroyed, what shall the righteous do? It goes back to, if you want to build a house, you have the right structure in place, yes. you know. And so the EOS system and, and you coming on board, helping us to put things in order, that really, really makes me feel good on where we are and where we are going. So I know that now we have a great foundation. We now have to just build on it in different areas, and then we're on cruise. Nice, nice. Well, I, you know, I'm going to stop you for a minute and say you said go from zero to hero. You are nowhere close to zero. So they, they, these guys are doing amazing work. That's um, right. We've done very well. Hundreds and hundreds of lives impacted and changed. 93% right. placement rate. of yeah. So so very different model. Um, so many educational systems these days, they give you the education and then they kind of leave you on your own. And so it's, I know one of the things that's really important to you is making sure that the students are actually getting placed and they're actually getting gainful employment. And I think that's making a huge difference here in the St. Louis market. So um, do want to make sure that we share that if you are looking at all to become a software developer or learn cybersecurity, um, you have programs that are available. And on the opposite side, if you are an employer who needs s developers, um, they have great candidates. There's no cost for placement. Yeah, which is totally different <laughs> than anyone charge. else. It's zero fees. We don't charge. Yes. Yes. So, um, Anything else that I haven't asked you that you would like to share? Um, one thing that you haven't asked that I would like to share is that, you know, many times as a believer, we don't bring our Bible life to work. Mm -hmm. We always only show it, but we don't say anything. I think I've come to a stage now in my life that I'm, not just comfortable, but having people around me who also share the same principle of God's word that we can apply. I mean, I can now go to work and say, let's pray. You know, that's a great feeling for me mm -hmm. as a business owner. Mm -hmm. You know, I used to just go and lock my room up my, and then just pray. You know, I don't want people to see. We have different kinds of people that work in the organization, of course, but the ability to just be able to have people who have the same mindset, have the fear of God in them, love God, and we working together, it's a lot of joy for me. Because I haven't had that ever in any business I've ever created. So it's a lot of joy for me. Nice. Well, and that has been, you know, one of my missions being part of C12. We interviewed Greg uh, Atchison um, last month. And you know, bringing those two together, helping us all see that we're whole people has been um, just such a blessing and honor to get to walk with that journey on a lot of uh, with a lot of owners. So I'm um, excited that you're doing that and that you're integrating your work and your faith. And uh, are you seeing results of that? Do you see God working in your business? Absolutely. I mean, I have always been a person who have partners in the ministry that that I personally partnered with. And we are partnering where we provide financial partnership every month uh god owns the business mm -hmm. you know i'm just a steward to the business 
And I know that the more I scatter and I give to the things of God, God was going to take care of all that I need because this is his business. Mm -hmm. I'm just his steward. Mm -hmm. um, and I see it everywhere in my life where I see his hand, I see his, his move. You know, I, I, um, because of God's favor, I get invited to places that I didn't ask for. Mm, yep. You know, yep. Yep. I mean, I, I didn't call. They didn't say, oh, I want this. They would just say, hey, we, we want to put you here. It's the hand of God that makes that happen. Yeah, and how freeing is it for you to know that it's not under your own power and mm -mm. your own work? It is very free. You say, Lord, do your thing. <laughs> <laughs> I um, I do a lot of interviews, and um, I one of the questions I ask a lot of times when I do interviews is, where do you gather your strength from, or where do you get your support? And I would say out of 60 interviews, I would say one person said something other than, myself that is so sad and so i just it crushes my heart to think that <laughs> only one out of 60 yes and oh lord and you know if you really think about <laughs> if everything is dependent on me and myself i'm a hot mess and i that's not gonna work out that's well right. so i don't right. I, I need to have that faith, that faith right. component in my business for sure so well, thank you so much for sharing your time, My your pleasure. wisdom, your experience with us. Um, again, if you are a business that's looking for developers, looking for uh, to employ a developer, certainly reach out to uh, Ola and his team. You can reach them at claimacademystl.com. And if you're interested in um, developing your own talents, skilling up, learning how to code, same thing, go to claimacademystl.com. Next time, we will have cash flow drivers with Debbie Corey from AccuMaxim. They're a tax and accounting service company for small business owners. She's going to talk about uh, how do we manage our money well. And so um, stay tuned for that. As always, a pleasure to spend time with you, Ola. Thank My you so pleasure. much. Thank you for inviting me. This has been Breaking Through Biz with Tabitha Shever, and I just want to give a thank you to Family Vision Media and Dave Powell for helping us to produce this podcast. Plus Delta is committed to helping your small business get your operations in order and to drive positive change. To learn more about Plus Delta services or EOS, go to plusdelta.com. Until next time, happy changing, everyone.